0: And here our guest speaker today is Ryan. Um, And Ryan was on the course in August last year. So, you know, almost full circle a year later. Um, Where is he now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, No, Ryan's here to share a bit of his story. Um, And I know he's got some slides to speak through. So uh, I might just hand it straight over to you, Ryan, and then we can go through some questions and at the end, perhaps. So if you guys have any questions you know pop them in the chat think of them as you go um yeah and over to you ryan all yours
1: awesome no thanks amber okay i'll um i'll try to share my screen now hopefully this works um cool can everyone see my screen
0: yep it's all good we can see it perfect perfect
1: so yeah so hi everyone my name is ryan and um Currently working uh, as a Salesforce consultant at Smart Apps, so I pretty much joined Smart Apps uh, right after I finished the course, which was about six months ago, so February this year. Um, and before joining, uh, before my Salesforce career, I spent about eight years uh, working as a electrical and uh, automation engineer um, in the energy and manufacturing industry. Uh, so today I'll just be sharing um, how I made a career transition into Salesforce and uh, why it's like working as a Salesforce consultant. Um, next slide. So I'll just share a bit about how I actually found out about Salesforce. Um, so uh, one of my uh, interests is actually investing in financial independence. So I listened to this uh, podcast called. Um, choose far um so about three years ago i actually came across this episode um don't know if you can don't know if you can see my chris oh yeah so i actually came across this episode where this guy in the u.s right he um he's working uh in the salesforce ecosystem and uh he went to part-time just to spend a bit more time with his family and his daughter and uh, he ended up actually doubling his salary with half of the hours and um, he mentioned that he was doing salesforce so you know I got I got a bit curious but but I didn't really think about too much at that time. and then last year um, they did, they did another episode where uh, it's this one here where that um, they had a hospital hospitality stuff who got laid off and uh, because of the pandemic and decided to start learning salesforce and actually ended up doing quite well, um, earning over hundred K for her first job. Um, So one of my colleagues at the time, um, ex-colleagues now, he also listens to this podcast and um, actually convinced me to go to one of the Embers seminars. And I I remember quite clearly that um, one of the guest speakers was Bill Wu. So he's actually my colleague now and at the time uh, I remember his background was in Spanish and, uh, and he's got like over 30 certifications. So I was just like, oh, wow, this guy is amazing. And he hasn't actually been in the Salesforce industry for that long. So that actually, you know, inspired me quite a bit. And um, just knowing that, you know, with all these stories, um, you don't actually need to have a software engineering background or computer science to, uh, to actually get a job uh, in tech or in Salesforce. So, so yeah, I decided to uh, sign up for Amber's course and, um, and then I broke my finger <laughs> just before I started the course. So, um, so yeah, this, um, so yeah, this was me uh, last year on the 2nd of August. So started the course, yeah, I was on on a high note. Uh, so I had to, um, yeah, basically type and sleep with my splint on uh, for about three months on my index finger. Uh, so that was quite memorable. Um, right. Um, so next slide. Um, so what, what, what does it look like, uh, for me on a daily, um, on on a day-to-day basis working, uh, working as a Salesforce consultant? So I would say, uh, I spend about 30% um, just talking with um, my clients, uh, our clients and um, 30% documentation and about 40% doing implementation and uh, figuring out uh, what I need to do. Um, And um, so things like, you know, requirement gathering, working with clients to set up workshops, figuring out um, what they want um, from the Salesforce side and their business processes and requirements uh, and and now go and you know work with other consultants and developers to work out what sort of uh, solution that we need to come up with um, and uh, spend quite a bit of time um, configuring you know things like sharing security your profiles permission sets uh, data model things like uh, your you know master detail relationships or the fields uh, formulas as such and dealing with support tickets uh, from our clients uh, a bit of project management so um, doing estimates for, for the work and just keeping the client in a loop as to what we are doing um, things are like when we're going for deployment and um, and what sort of if there's a change in requirements um, just you know generally just keeping keeping the client a loop loop and um, and keeping that good communication going um, and I also spent quite a bit of time uh, developing testing plans and deployment plan for uh, for my projects so figuring out um, figuring out what requirements I need to be testing for and all the scenarios, just making sure that whatever changes that we are making, it doesn't, it does work and it doesn't affect the existing org and uh, functionalities. Um, and um, as and smart apps, we use Jira to um, to uh, to run our projects. So I've spent uh, a bit of time uh, breaking down client requirements into individual tickets and uh, also assigning tickets uh, to other um, other uh, members of uh, of the project team. Uh, And um, after an implementation, uh, we also spent quite a bit of time developing training and documentation uh, for the clients. So now they know how to drive it uh, from their side. And if there's any questions, they can, you know, go through the documentation first before, before sending us e- emails and learning. Yeah, that's probably quite a big part of my day. So I'm quite new to the job. So there's a lot of um, learnings to uh, to be made. Um, so yeah, some of my project highlights. Um, so I've mainly been working with uh, Wellington Kindergartens. So they are basically an organization that uh, it's quite a big org. Um, they've got about 800 Salesforce users. So that's all the all the um, teachers and support staff in the Wellington region, and also in Wanganui and Horofenua. So basically lower South Island. Um, so so um, just a bit of uh, background um, in their org. So that use uh, Salesforce to manage uh, a lot of their day-to-day tasks, so things like HR, uh, everyone's current position, past position, and um, what kindergarten uh, the staff works for, and how long they've been uh, with um, how long they've been in each um, position, uh, things like fan rounds. So um, they uh, they've got quite a few events that they use to pick up their children uh, from home to kindergarten and from kindergarten to home. So we use uh, Field Services Lightning to display uh, each fan run in real time uh, so that the parents know where their kids are uh, and at any given time. Um, And uh, they also also use Salesforce to to handle their courses. So such as learning and development. So staff can book their training like uh, first aid, uh, mental health, uh, on a website that's powered by uh, Salesforce Experience Cloud. Um, and then case management, uh, which is what um, what I've been working on for uh, the past few months and also conference management. So basically with case management, um, so in, de- in addition to managing teachers, they are also involved in social services for children. So things like um, they've got a few initiatives going and one of them is what they call engaging priority families which is basically an initiative to help um kindergarten kids so age oh now three to three to six uh, to help them attend uh, kindergarten and and i'll go into a bit more details uh, later about this uh, so conference management um so i actually deployed this uh two days ago so it's still quite fresh uh on my mind uh so um, every year they have an annual conference where all the teachers will attend. So in the past, they have, they, they used to bring out, you know, 800 flyers and had to send out course details to, to every staff. So it was actually, um, was actually quite time, time consuming and quite, I guess, um, expenses as well, uh, having to pay for career and bring out all the, all the details and everything. So So this year we've helped them to develop a similar system to their course management system where um, staff can go on a website um, powered by Experience Cloud and select um, the courses, the sessions that they want to attend uh, in the conference. And then, um, and things like uh, if they are keen to go to the celebration dinner, they can register there as well and include their data requirements and things like that and then and then after their registration they'll get an confirmation email uh, with a QR code which they can bring to them on the on the day uh, for check-in so so yeah that's uh, Wellington kindergarten gardens uh MPI uh with we've, we've um submitted a few uh proposals uh proof of concept orgs for uh, for uh, for their full safety and future sophistication certification Project. Uh, I'll go into these a bit more later as well. Um, so yeah, over the six past six months, um, I've I've learned quite a few different um, different um, parts of the Salesforce technology. Uh, things like Experience Cloud, Service Cloud, um, Public Sector Solutions, and Ground Management, which is um, what um, what um the government use what the government can use to uh to manage their uh to manage their grants such as you know if if you've got um like a like a uh, non-decarbonization grant which you want to um give the funds to the business um to implement their uh decarbonization uh, projects they can use this to manage the entire uh life cycle and things like Jura, Bitbucket, and source-driven development, and VS Code, uh, which I'll get into uh, uh, in a bit as well. Um, so, next slide. So, yeah, how? So, how? How did the course prepare me for uh, for my projects? Um, so, I would say uh, really well, because um, so you can you can um you can see that this is actually the first flow that i had to build for my project and uh, this is probably spent so i started in about february uh, end of february and um, had to build this quite quick so probably within a month and this this is only a small um piece of the project as well so so um so it looks quite complex but it's actually not as bad as it looks so so um basically um basically the I think when I was doing this, I started to remember uh all the other things and bits and pieces I learned uh, from the course. So things like uh, important concepts like uh flow validation rules, security ensuring, profile and permission sets. And um I was I learned quite a lot from just the Ken Statham project. You know how to big how to break down actually quite a big requirement down to small and tiny pieces um, of the puzzle and how to you know how to problem solve and how to actually um, find the answers on google um, i think for me googling is probably quite quite important skill to have just knowing you know the what keywords to use and how to refine your keywords to find the answers that you need and um, and um, so, just to just about just to go a bit more about you know what I was actually doing here, um, I think the uh, these are quite might be a bit hard to see, but basically uh, this is for uh, the the case management uh, project. So um, so you've got the web browser which is um, powered by the Experience Cloud, and you've got the Salesforce side. So um, so someone who wants to um, you know find out a bit more how how uh, to kindergarten can put can help their children to to um to attend kindergarten can go to the web browser and fill in this form here um so it, it records com- um information like you know um who's the primary caregiver and uh, the contact details and a bit of uh information about the children and on the Salesforce side, once step have to the form. Um, we uh, create a contact, a case, and also a service enrollment record. And also, um, we utilize the uh, Salesforce non-for-profit non-prof- uh, functionality to record the relationship as well. So we know um, who this primary giver keyver- is in relation to the child. Um, and then this flow basically makes it happen uh, in the background, creating contacts, service records, and things like that. I think one of the challenges with this is that um, there are many services that uh, that the ch- that the children can enroll in. So engaging priority families is only one of them. They've got other other service lines like community connections. So the hub was uh, duplicate management. So when someone submits a form. Um, we you don't want to be creating a contact every time creating a service record every time creating a case every creating a case and linking that to a new contact every time so uh so we spent quite a bit of time figuring out how we can manage the duplicates and knowing when the same contact uh, submits another form for another service we can identify that and actually Uh, relate the new case records service records to the same contact. So instead of, you know, creating a new account, a new contact, um, every time that someone submits the form. Um, So yeah, that's a bit bit about um, what I've done for uh, for my first project. Um, So because, um, because some of the services that they are involved with are quite I would say quite, um, quite privacy, um, quite um, confidential because there are things such as um, like family violence cases and things like that. So it's for, for this org, uh, the security part is quite important. So with you know having eight hundred people in this org, it's quite important to to set out your sharing rules, your uh, your um, security, your field level security sharing rules uh, correct, so that only the right people with the right profiles and permission sets, um, to uh, so that uh, only the right people can access the right information. Um, oh, I've got a question here. Uh,
0: Do you want to just read it out, Ryan?
1: Uh-huh. All right. Um, so yeah, I got an email from the product manager that we are moving to Omni Studio for our next release. They will be upscaling us in there. Can you please give a brief overview on exactly what it does? Yeah, yeah. Um, so good timing. That's what, what I'm actually going to be talking about next. Um, so so this was probably the second uh, second project that I was working on. Um, so it's it's to um, it's working on a proof of concept for uh, MPI. Um, so um, so this one here uh, with um, I'll just go to my notes. So the challenges that they have at the moment is every time you, you um you do an import or export. Um, uh from import or exporter they need to submit quite a few different forms um and at the moment the forms are sort of over the place so mpi doesn't have a system where where um it contains all the information or source of truth so they wanted to um to to uh they wanted us to put together a concept uh so that um so that um they can have a a place where it stores all the information on the exporters, importers, and also the certification details. So for this, we, we leveraged uh, OMI Studio and Experience Cloud. Um, so OMI Studio is is basically, um, it's quite new to me, so I'll, I'll try to explain it. <laughs> so OMI Studio is basically um, a, a tool that uh, within Salesforce that you can use to provide a guided experience uh, for, uh for the users um so such as this one here the users can basically um um go on to go on to uh, a website uh, with a form embedded in it and then here we'll guide um guide the users through the process and they can fill in the details and uh, in the background uh, we've got um, stuff happening uh, things like um, data raptors integration procedures things like that to to handle the data and produce records. Um, so this is what the user will see on the experience side. They'll go on here, they can see their certificates they've they've submitted in, and then they've got tiles here where they can click and um, and this will then link them into um, the forms that they need to fill in. And after they fill in the form, you'll see a uh, a page with all their details and um and the, the, the um and the information have entered and internally the mpi staff will be able to manage all the applications here and um and this is all implemented using uh, standard functionalities and they can go into each implement uh, go into each certification and actually see what they've uh, entered there and um and move through the stages and and um, and get the more te- details from the applicant if required. Um, so yeah, that's about. Um, so that's yeah. That's that's the POC that uh, we've built. Um, and and yeah, those those was quite new to me and uh, learning OMI Studio and um, and a lot of the the details. Uh, uh, a lot of the functionalities within OMI Studio. So so I think. Although I didn't quite learn this on the course, um, but I was able to develop, I guess the uh, the problem solving skills, uh, just knowing what keywords I need to find, and um, and what sort of learning, learning um, what sort of learning path I need to get myself onto to be able to learn this quite quickly. Um, so basically, uh, before starting this, I knew that I was going to use Adobe Studios. So I spent quite a bit of time just figuring out what exactly kind to learn, so that so that I learned just enough to be able to implement. Um, because a lot of the time, doing implementation is the time that you know what 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 the what the knowledge gap is, and from there, um, from there, um, I will go and do a bit more research. Um, and Next slide. Um, so this is what I do quite a bit as well. Um, a lot of um, planning and documentation. Um, so this is sort of what I do for my deployment plan, testing plan, and also my implementation notes um, and user training manuals. And this is yeah the Jira tickets uh, breaking down into you know each individual requirements. Um, so, so I remember when I was doing um, the uh, the real life the real life project uh, during the course, I would actually write down all my implementation steps uh, for every single changes that I've made, and I'm actually doing it. Um, I'm doing the same with my uh, all my sales projects, all my sales projects and smart apps, and it's been working out quite well so far. Because what what tends to happen quite a bit is um the the project could could run for uh, one or two months and um towards the end of the project uh, i would have forgotten what i've actually done in the beginning so uh, when the issues do come up um i i could usually go back to my notes and just recall what what was actually implemented um so so yeah i would say planning helps quite a lot um and um and it, it does it does help, um, it helps me in a way that I was able to, when things do go wrong, I could look at, I can look at the plans that I've, I've done and quickly, you know, calm myself down and knowing, uh, knowing what actually went wrong. And, and I've got a lot of notes uh, behind it to um, to help me uh, problem solve. Um, cool. Um, next slide is, so, so oh yeah, source driven development so this was quite new to me as well i had to uh, basically learn it in the first two weeks on the job um so so um it's um it's basically it's quite like for me it was quite quite a quite a good concept uh, to learn uh, because we have multiple uh, people working on the same project so we we are using uh, source driven development so we can integrate Easily with each other, and also just be able to test and deliver changes easily and quickly. So I had to learn a lot of um, the VS Code commands and actually learn about you know the the remote uh, repositories and local and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, but yeah, managed to uh, to get through it. So that was yeah that was something quite good to learn. Um, next slide. Um, so yeah, um, talking about career change. So, so before my Salesforce career, um, I was an electrical engineer. Um, so the last job I had was actually an engineering consultancy where where I had to lead uh, a lot of uh, detailed design, manage developers for quite complex projects So so um, just included some photos and when was. You know, doing this slide, it brings back some uh, some good uh, good and bad memories. So, so here's basically um, a, a massive um, gas turbine with all the instruments and details and and um, oh, going going too far. And then these were some of the the commission the commissioning plans that I used to have to write, and uh, and some of the research I had to make to figure out how some of the components work um so i guess one one of the big reasons why I include this is because um as i was doing a career change i was facing quite a lot of dilemma so so because i was about eight years into my career so that actually makes um makes a career change sort of quite challenging and difficult and um so these were some of the challenges that I was actually facing. So, so like I like I said, I was quite well into my engineering career, and I was earning quite a decent salary. And I didn't want to, you know, take a pay cut while I was making a career change. Um. So, in order for me to do that, I basically need to uh, prove that I've got the skills um required, and I've got the skills required, and also the transferable skills um, that I can leverage into my Salesforce source career. So I basically um, produced my I actually did a skill map, which I'll show share a bit later. And some of um are the some of the challenges are things like uh, finding a job with a similar skill set. Um, so so this is probably one of the reasons why um I decided to go with a consultancy, which is uh, which is an environment that I was sort of familiar with, um, being an engineering consultant for a few years, and also um, future proof. So I wanted a career that's sort of recession and future proof, similar to uh, engineering. And so I did a bit of research around um, sales tools and, um, and all my research uh, today is sort of pointing towards the direction that Salesforce is uh, future-proof in a way that um, they are acquiring, acquiring a lot of companies. And uh, some of these companies will be around for a long time. And also, the the, the transferable skills that you can pick up from just working in the Salesforce industry is quite important. Uh, so things like your business uh, and analysis skills, working with clients, getting requirements, and a lot of the configurations and just building up that mindset where you can learn to to um where you can learn to 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 um to basically um, develop develop a lot of skills that that um, that's quite new to you. Um so yeah that's that's one of the challenges that I was facing while I was doing when I was doing my research um, um, just when um, before I Decided to change my career, and one big thing is probably work-life balance. So I wanted, you know, a, a bit more flexibility and time for time for family. And uh, and it's quite funny because after I've switched my career into Salesforce, um, I would say it's a lot less stressful um, compared to my previous roles. So my previous my previous roles was dealing with a lot of um, construction work and also a lot of the design decisions that you make today can actually impact uh, the health and safety of the construction workers and operators. So so that was one of the reasons why I was, you know, getting quite tired and quite stressed out for my pre- previous job. Um, and uh, and Salesforce, I think a lot of the companies that are in the Salesforce industry, they are stressing this um, work-life balance, um, they really stress this and that they actually provide you with a lot of flexibility and, and options. So at the moment I'm like, so at the moment I'm mainly working from home, I travel down to work until once every two weeks. So that, that's free up a lot of my my travel time uh, for, uh, for me and for my family. Uh, next slide. Uh, right skill mapping so this was sort of what I had to do um, before I you know decided to go 100% uh, into Salesforce so what I've done is um, engineering side and the, the skills I've learned from the course and this is the skills that, that, that I think at the time that's required in Salesforce so things like ability to learn and apply um, so on the Salesforce side, uh, when you go on to interviews, it's probably quite important to, to, to at least demonstrate that you've got, um, you're curious about, uh, new concepts, you're curious about, you, you, enjoy learning and enjoying, you know, being to apply what you've learned. Um, so, so yeah, um, that's ability to learn apply. Uh, next one is project management client relationships. So I spend quite a bit of time. Uh, uh, at least thirty percent of the time just working with clients, figuring out exactly what they need, and um, and also, um, when when things do do go wrong or when when there's a requirement that um, they might be a bit more difficult to to meet uh, within the timeline given, it's good to, you know, draw 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 upon um, my previous experience. Uh, experience um, dealing with clients and explain to them um, what the what the what the background is and why certain things might be difficult to implement. And uh, most people w- most people are actually quite um, they are quite sort of um, uh, once you've explained the issues to them um, they, they are quite they are quite understand they're quite understanding. Um, and next thing is salesforce knowledge so um so it's also quite important that um that during the interview you demonstrate that you you know a lot about declarative solution design uh, things like object relationships validation rules and flow um and um and during job interviews it's important to you know provide examples and stories on how your past experience can be leveraged into salesforce so I, i think there's this works. So this works. Um, this actually works for people with all sorts of different backgrounds. You don't need to be, um, you know, coming from uh, a technical um, background like engineering. You can actually be a uni student. You can draw upon your your course experience. Um, like you can say, you know, back in uni, um, I had I had to. You know, create my uh, study. Uh, I had to, um, you know, study five, uh, four papers and I had to learn a lot of new concepts within one or two weeks. uh, So that's, you can basically leverage that uh, in your interview as well. And there's always going to be a little bit of project management and client relationships. And during your uni projects as well, you need to, you know, work with your um, work, work with with your teammates, and you gotta, you know, work with your your lectures and potential project sponsors. And, and and yeah, so yeah, probably quite a big believer that you um you can you can come from different backgrounds as long as you have the right mindset, you can you know leverage you can transition into a sales career without any issues. Um, and um, right job um preparing for job interviews. So these were some of the things that I was sort of uh preparing myself before I. Um, prior to all my interviews, so the first thing is probably stories. So, so I always prepare a few stories um, for the interview just to back up what uh, back up my statement. So, for example, if I if I said that you know I'm able to learn things quite quickly and I'm quite curious about learning new things, that statement by itself um, doesn't really um, doesn't really demonstrate your ability to do this. So so what I usually do in the interview is that I actually tell them a story where, you know, at, at a time where, where I, had, when I was doing while I was working part time, I was working po- full time and doing a part time course, I had to, you know, do this real life uh, project where I had to learn, you know, validation rules, uh, object relationships, and stuff like that implemented very quickly. Um, and Basically, using yeah, similar stories to back up uh, the statement, uh, demo as well. So um, during the project, um, during my interviews, I actually showed them my uh, my demo for um for my uh, for my uh, for my org. and that worked out quite well because um, probably one of the best ways to showcase your skill is to actually you know demo what you've done rather than um, rather than telling them that you can do it. And next one is, lead the conversation. Um, So ensure that you've covered all your stories and experiences during the interview. So a lot of the time, I find that during the interview, uh, the interviewer could be asking um, a lot of questions, which might not, which might not be relevant to the skills that you want to showcase. Uh, So it's quite important that when this does happen, uh, you do try um you do try in those questions where you might not seem very relevant to your skills you do try you know be a bit more proactive and actually try include include a few stories in your answers and next one is probably networking so um joining user groups and just having a conversation with someone uh, that works for the company that you're applying for so this is actually why i did so i found build on linkedin and i had a chat with him prior to the interview just asking about, you know, what the company culture is like and what it's like working for the company and what sort of projects you've, you've been involved in. So that worked out quite well for me. So so Bill ended up being the person that did my technical interview. So, so knowing Bill uh, beforehand was, I would say, quite um, maybe less nervous and also probably quite a big plus as well. Um, so, see, so yeah, I think it probably comes down to when you make a career change, it probably comes down to the mindset. So I think a lot of the uh, people are looking for, um, a lot of the employers are looking for people they are willing to learn new things. Um, so it's quite important to have that, that growth mindset where where when you see a problem yourself so saying, oh, this is too high, can't do it. You switch your mindset and, and ask yourself the question how can i actually do this how can i break a big problem down into individual and small chunks of um, smaller problems so that you know you can you can you know do your google research or you can play around in your org figuring out um how do i solve small problems first and once you've solved all the small small problems the big the big ones will get solved. on its own um so quite important to just enjoy the learning process, I guess, and, um, and probably quite I recently read this book um, called Atomic Habits. Uh, so it's all about, you know, getting 1% better and um, having having that compounding effects. So, so things like if you, if you, um, if you say to, to yourself that you're going to do a better day, you know, over a course of a year, you end up with, you know. 300, 300 plus badges easily but if you were to do this in a week you'll need to do a lot more um so so yeah uh, so these are so yeah with this these these are um all my uh all my experiences um just during the past six months and uh, yeah thank you for your time any questions
0: well done <laughs> very very nice thank you so much um I think there was a question in the chat from from Felix, who was saying, "Hello, Ryan. Can you share how you got the current role? Is it by reaching the company directly or by using a recruitment agency? And if you search for the job, what keywords did you use to search?"
1: Um, so, how I got my current? Oh, Amber actually just Ember <laughs> actually helped me to get this job. So, um, so yeah, that's that's how I got it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um probably yeah again probably comes down to uh, networking So well. like one of the one of the colleagues um that i work with he um he was actually one of bill's um tenants and um he had no Salesforce experience but bill you know telling about it and then he, he um he started by he decided to learn salesforce by himself uh so he was doing non-stop for a year and they end up getting a job as well. And he's he, I think his, he used to he used to sell guns. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, from all different, all sorts of different backgrounds. Um, so yeah, networking is probably quite important. Uh, user group is quite a good place to, to, um, to, to meet your potential employees as well.
0: Mm. Um, I think Kyle had another question there saying, Hello, Ryan. When training users, how do you get past the users who aren't quite getting how to use whatever you've implemented? Um, I think that's the first question. And then I think it's the second question there about are you the only one in your company um, in your role or do you have colleagues helping you?
1: Right. Maybe um, the first question first. First question training users. Um, so, yeah, that's a quite a good question, because um, with Wellington Kindergartens, a lot of our users, were not um, they don't work on, they, they, their background is in Salesforce, so they are end users, so that they don't understand a lot of the, the technical terms. So I think one thing that helped me quite a bit to help these users is, uh, during these user trainings is, I'll try not to use any Salesforce related terms. I'll try to find terms that are, that are a bit, easier, on this, that they are a bit um, easier to understand and maybe provide an analogy. Like, um, I'll just go back to one of my slides. Um, probably can't see this, but this is one of the graphs that I did for one of the, um, they've got an in-house admin there, but um, but the person isn't quite doesn't have a lot of sales experience so i basically did a lot of screenshots explain to them when you know when when an applicant fills up a phone on the web browser this is what you'll see you'll see you know a record comes up here a record comes up on the case a contact record and also a relationship record so i think probably comes down to being a bit more creative as well um so yeah th- does that answer your question Um. Next question: Search for the job keywords. All right. So when it comes down to job search, I think a lot of the time, if you are looking for consultant roles, it, consultant roles, it might actually in the job title, it might not say consultant. It might say salesforce admin or uh, or business analyst. So it's um it's quite important to to. Do a research on what the companies are looking for it, it might not a lot of the salesforce roles might have strange titles so uh, what i what i do is i go on seek or indeed and subscribe to their um to their um job um job alerts and i've been doing that for quite for quite a few years now even with my old um, engineering jobs I still see them coming coming up in my mailbox so that sort of just helps me to know what what jobs are going out there and what sort of skills they are looking for and from there you can you can um, you can prepare your interviews beforehand because you know what other companies are looking for in terms of skills and you know what sort of skills are quite valued out there so you can sort of um, find your your skill gap there and try to improve upon it.
0: Mm. and it was a second half to the question from kyle which said uh company at the company in your role or do you have colleagues helping you
1: yeah um no lots of colleagues helping me out um so we've got i think in the new zealand um division we've got about 20 salesforce um developers slash consultants so um so a lot of i think for all of my projects i've always i've always got a lot of um help from uh, from from people with a lot more experience than me um and um and things like getting the vs code running and learning actually how things are developed and um and uh, how all the developers or consultants can work together on a single job without overwriting each other's changes so things like that it's, yeah it's been it's been quite quite good just getting learning knowledge from yeah more experienced people so yeah
0: all right one from Bagya. uh hey ryan in your opinion what type of skills outside of salesforce knowledge does the salesforce employer look
1: for in a candidate um I would say um having having uh having the mindset to to be uh, in to be um to be a passionate learner. Um uh, I think a lot of the time with my job right now, because I'm quite new, there there's a lot of things that that I um that I don't know. So it's quite it's quite important that I guess in the interview to to mention to mention that, um, to mention your past, your your past learning experience. And also you are to mention that you are probably a type of person that, you know, they are, they are not afraid to ask questions because a lot of the time, I think, thinking back from my engineering career, when I first started as a graduate, um, I was quite afraid to ask questions, um, because I didn't want other people to know that I didn't know that much. But but you know, after working for so many years, um, you start to understand that actually people, no, no one can know everything. So it's important to, to I guess to to tell people that what you don't know, so they can actually try help you um, and grow. So so yeah, I made that mistake um, in my engineering career where for the first I think a year or two I didn't really ask them any questions. So so I sort of I didn't have as much yeah i must basically miss a lot of learning opportunities
0: yep yeah awesome um all right if anyone has any other questions pop them in because we're, we're coming up on time um i do have to say ryan that, that flow looks monstrous like that is <laughs> huge <laughs> when you see like oh yeah this is the first flow i created i was like like what
1: <laughs> uh, yeah now, it actually started being quite simple and then it just got more complex more more requirements coming so yeah it's no. not as bad as it looks <laughs>
0: so how was the did you plan this all out before you built it or was it just like an evolution of like
1: yeah it was well, more of a do. evolution i think it started out like that and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of will were just, yeah, new, sort of new requirements and new, new issues that we found, things like, your yeah, duplicate management. So, so when we were testing it, we, we, we discovered that, uh, actually, we, we didn't miss this out because every time uh, someone submits an application, it creates a new contact. And yeah. I was getting, yeah, I was, yeah, so, yeah, so got into this. <laughs>
0: Man, that's super impressive um very cool but you know it's really cool to hear that you're enjoying smart apps um do you want to maybe say a bit about smart apps for those who don't know like you know what is the company how big is it um where are you guys based
1: yeah sure um so smart so we are a consultancy um so we've got about um probably 15 people in the Wellington office i'm based in palmy and there's a person based in tauranga and a few in auckland so, people outside the Winton office are working from home most, most of the time, but we do come down to the office once every two weeks to um, just to get some face to face time. And then we've got um, a division, we've got uh, our Australian office as well. I think they've got 150 people. And mm-hmm. recently we joined the Sesma group as well, which is um, quite a big um, IT consultancy that. They do, um, they do, all the I, other IT stuff, um, um, things like, um, like architectural stuff and uh, other things like Microsoft services. So, um, so we join them to be part of their uh, sales Source practice. Mm,
0: very cool. Um, all right. I think last question in here from Dipdi, and then and then we'll wrap it up because our hour just flew by. Um, Dipdi saying after any implement or changes. Did
1: you show it to the manager and get it approved um so in smart apps i think one thing that that's um that's really good as well, culture wise is there's a lot there's there's um there's a lot of trust so um the um the structure is quite flat actually so um there is no senior titles in um everyone is just consultant developer so that's that's quite good so um so basically, um, it's um, you, you are in charge of your own uh, implementation or projects. But if you have questions, you can always reach out to others. And if you are not sure, you can um, you can always you know ask someone that's more uh, senior than you. I think when I first started the project, uh, for all the for all the comments or uh, pull requests or so for all the changes. Um, is someone that reviews my changes just to make sure that I'm not sort of not making um, I'm not making like major mistakes things like that because yeah that's one good thing about um, source driven development and VS code is someone can see exactly what you've done uh, in the metadata so that, that helps with the re- review process as well.
0: Mm. Very cool. Um... All right, Felix, I can see that one coming in the chat. Just really sneaky at the end. Um, Just curious, can you work in the office every day if you want?
1: Yeah, yeah, if you want. Yeah, there's, um, yeah, of
0: course. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, All right, well, I think we'll wrap it up there because, uh, you know, people... Thank you guys all for coming. Yeah, thank you. Um, So good. And I just wanted to say a quick note on um, actually Verinda's point about Omni Studio. Um, so we're changing up the guest speaker sessions a bit where every week we're going we're gonna to kind of rotate it. So there's going to be a guest speaker. And then I'm going to lead a session on Salesforce updates. So Salesforce is always changing. And I started getting a lot of questions about it. You know, what's, what's the latest, what's coming up. So um, once a month, we're going to do a Salesforce update session where I'm going to basically provide like, what is the latest that's happening in Salesforce and what do you need to be aware of any tools? Um, then we'll have another guest speaker. And then this, the last session of every month is I'll go through a new Salesforce tool. So our first one is actually going to be around Omni Studio um, and Salesforce Industries. So that fits in perfectly, Um, but we'll, we'll rotate that. So, you know, we'll go through finance cloud, marketing cloud, we'll slowly make our way through them all. So if you have any requests, let me know. Um, But that's just a quick note on on that point there. Anyway, thank you so much, Ryan. Um, You're absolutely amazing. Definitely an inspiration to everyone here. Please stay in touch. Would you be okay with people reaching out to you on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, no worries. Yeah, Uh, feel free.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. All right. Um, Well, much love to everyone. Thank you guys for coming along and have a wonderful Wednesday. Ryan, thank you so much.